Hey guys, welcome back to another season of It's the Love of God for Me podcast. My name is Melissa and I am so excited to have you on this journey with me. If you are new to this podcast, welcome, welcome, welcome. Put on your seatbelt. This is going to be an amazing ride. I was now sleeping on the floor, barely getting by. I had a roommate with me at the time, thank God for that. So I was able to rely on her for food. And you know, I was still sending out resume, but it was to no avail. During this time, I was able to see that my stepsisters um, that was living with my dad at the time, they were off to college and seemed to be doing pretty well in school. And I was very happy for them. I was. But a part of me questioned whether or not this affected my dad knowing that I had now moved out and just was out there and um, didn't even get this opportunity. Now I'm not saying that my dad was the one who financially sent them to college. I, I didn't live in their household so I don't really know and honestly I don't ask the questions. But the fact that he was living in the household, I'm sure he contributed to something or or contributed in some way. Let me put it that way. And so it caused me to even resent my dad even more because I felt like had someone took the time to invest in me, um, the love and the affection that I needed. And I know my dad loved me with world without ending. My dad loved me. But expressing that to me, I felt like in my younger years, he didn't know how to do it. And I'll tell you more about that as we go along. And so, you know, I I was having to watch all of that. So I can remember just stop feeling sorry for myself. And, you know, I was like, all right, then I'm going to try to do a job that was, that, that I never imagined I would do. So I got this job at a nightclub as a waitress. And I was working there for for a while. And it was a new nightclub open in Portmore at the time. So it was very popular. I mean, everybody wanted to be at that club because it was a new club. Um, artists and all different kind of uptown people was coming to that club because it was a new club. I think it was called Rev Nightclub for those who... Um, live in the city of Portmore and probably would be familiar with this club. At the time, it just opened and I got a job there as a waitress. And, you know, um, I'm very professional. I mean, even though I, I didn't really have any work experience, I would have studied business administration and had the, the well, I had work experience. Let me not say that, but I mean work with pay okay so um so i i i already had the mindset that all right i was going to go to this job and i was going to give it my very best so when i would serve customers their liquor and so on and so forth i was always pleasant you know i ensure that i check on their table as often you know um and so on and so forth showing up to work on time you know um 
being honest with the money transaction and all of that so that you know i was able to get tip because to be honest the paycheck will not be enough to pay the bills so in order for me to get by in terms of my expense the tip was very important so i remember just going to work every day putting my best foot forward and it worked out i mean i was getting i was making good enough money to pay my bills um it wasn't enough to buy furniture though but at least i was able to pay my bills and buy food and i remember working there for a few months and one night i was in the club and someone came to me that one of the guy that was in the club wanted to talk to me and honestly guys i i wasn't interested because of my previous relationship and um i can remember the person coming over himself and so on and so forth long story short we we end up exchange number um um because we talked a little and you know he seemed all right so <laughs> we exchanged number and, and all that so the next day we talked and he told me of this party that he was going called ATI now ATI is a um weekend event usually 3 to 4 days and um you purchase a band and that band should take you through all the parties for the weekend so usually keep um i think it's in negril or montego be one of those places and um persons would go down book hotels or villas and spend the weekend there and go to the parties so you go to a party in the morning in the afternoon a different party in the evening a different party different dress code what what's a party and all different kinds of it was just a weekend of party and i always wanted to go but um you know uh my ex he was never really a party person um and for that reason he wouldn't allow me to go and um when i when he and i broke up i couldn't afford to go on my own so when he told me about it i really 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 wanted to go but you know i thought about it if i go to this party and mina i would have to spend the weekend with you and i'm i wasn't ready to be involved with another man so you know i swallow my whatever it is i was feeling i swallowed all that anxiety and i told him no so you know he persisted hey you know i will pay for the hotel you and your friends can stay in the room i won't disturb you guys i just want to get to know you some more i thought about it thought about it but you know i have enough experience at that time to knew to know that that's just that's just all talk so i didn't go we kept communication um when he came back from the party from the weekend of party and he had to leave the next day cuz he was from abroad and he had a great career abroad i'm not going to say which career it was um because again i'm really not trying to throw anybody under the bus um this podcast is really for to share my testimony in order to uplift and to inspire and so i purposely leave out some information for that cause but he had a great career abroad and um a very very good one and um he and I we communicated on the phone i can remember him saying you know okay when i come to jamaica cuz he started sending me money and all of that and um he said when i come to jamaica i'm coming by you to stay by you and stuff and i'm like sir where you gonna come i mean on the floor with me you know and he was shocked you know he was like um why didn't i tell him about it so he sent money and i was able to purchase 
all my furnitures. So he came to Jamaica and we started dating. And um, let me tell you a little bit about this guy. He was about my age group, a little bit older. I mean, he was in his late 20s, early 30s. He had no kids. Um, and, you know, I thought that he was just a gentleman. You know, he was really different from my ex because my ex was more street man, you know, and kind of, kind of gangster kind of guy, you know, have a lot of connections and, you know, so on and so forth. But this guy was more a gentleman, the type that will get the chair for you, the type that will open the car door for you and things like that. Very, very respectful. And so I thought that, okay, I found possibility, the love of my life. And so we, we had a great relationship for, for maybe over a year. And um, he always, whenever he's traveling to Jamaica, always bought a suitcase full of everything like clothes and um, shoes and um, perfumes and body wash and just makeup and things like that that you know women we like and stuff I can remember that every time when a new thing come out on the market he would always rush to get it for me. So let's say Victoria's Secret released a new perfume. He was the first to always get it. I can remember the first time he gave, he brought a Blackberry phone for me and nobody had one. Well, at least I didn't know of anybody that had one. I mean, everywhere to the phone, nobody know what kind of phone it was. And I was saying to him, this, this phone is ugly, you know, like what kind of phone this you, 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 you brought for me? And he, he told me, he said, listen, it, it just released up here. Just don't, don't sell it. Like it's going to get really popular in Jamaica. But I mean, I felt uncomfortable everywhere I go. And people asking me, what kind of phone was that? What kind of phone? So I sold the phone. And just as he said, the phone got so popular in Jamaica. And I can remember going back to him that I needed one. And he's like, um, no. <laughs> You know, um, but he did got me another one. But I'm just, I'm just trying to show you the type of guy that he was. I can remember when iPod just came out. I was the first to get one in Jamaica. No, I, I never knew of anybody that had one. You know, and I was on Facebook at the time, so there was no advertisement in Jamaica of anyone with any. So I was, you know, we we were just going on like that. He reminded me of my ex in the sense that he made sure that I was comfortable. But, you know, I still had one of my eyes looking out because I remember my previous relationship had started off that way. One day he brought a suitcase for me. Did I mention that he was coming out of a marriage? He was getting a divorce when I met him. Um, I, I always hear the saying that um, it is not right to be intimate with someone that is married because it is against the word of God. But I never really, you see, when you're in sin, you, you're blind. These things are normal to you so even though you hear it it doesn't prick your heart you don't have the holy spirit to convict you of sin so certain things it's normal for you and so it was just normal for me to date someone that was coming out of a marriage can i say that the word of god um declares that Thou shalt not commit adultery. 
once you are married and um, depends on the circumstances in which you get divorced. I mean, if adultery is involved and you're getting a, a divorce, then that's different for you to move on with your life. But either way, it wasn't right because I, I didn't know what was the circumstances with them getting a divorce either, but I was also fornicating. So either way, I was going against the word of God. I want to tell you today that if you're under the sound of my voice and you are currently dating with dating a married person or you're dating someone that is not married and you're not married and you're intimate with them, please, I'm asking you to get that sorted out. I'm not here to judge you or to cast stone, but we must always try to live by the word of God. Because at the end of the day, his words are yea and amen. And there is no excuse that we can give the Lord when we do not honor his word. And so if you are in a relationship and you're not married, both parties are not married, please seek the Lord and whether or not this is your spouse and do what is right by getting married. And if you are involved with someone that is married, Please get that sorted out. It is against the word of God. Moving on forward to him coming to Jamaica one day and brought a suitcase for me filled with clothes. I can remember just being so excited because, you know, I was always excited when I get new stuff. So when I opened the suitcase and I looked, all the stuff were vandalized. Everything was cut to pieces. It was destroyed, so on and so forth. So I remember asking him what's going on, you know? And I decided, okay, I'm gonna take out the body splash and the lotions and the spray and, and discard the other stuff. So when I took out the body splash and I began to shake it, I was about to spray it on my skin when I heard again the voice of the Lord. You see, the Lord speaks to us even when we're sinners or, or we are, we're all sinners when we're unsaved the Lord does speak to us, especially in situations when we're in danger. But we choose to ignore his voice oftentimes. The Holy Spirit spoke and he told me, do not spray that thing on your skin. I was shocked when I heard the voice. So I began to look at the bottle because I've never inspected a, a bottle with perfume before. I, I was just always ready to spray and smell. That's our habit, right? But when I looked at the bottle, it was mixed with oil. I don't know how someone get oil in the bottle. Maybe they use a, um, a syringe or something to inject it in the bottle, but it was in there. And I remember showing him like, how, why is this mixed with oil? And he looked at it and he said, yes, it is oil. Do not use it on your skin. And he, he started to grab all the stuff and told, told me to throw them away. But I ate a bottle of lotion that was there. It was a jar lotion from Victoria's Secret. So I hid it because I didn't want to throw, throw, throw it away. I mean, after all, I opened it, the lotion looked set and everything. So I decided that I was not going to throw it away. So I hid it and I threw away the other stuff. So he spent some time in Jamaica and he left. I remember one day I was in the bathroom and I was up, I took a shower and I was about to lotion my skin. And I remember the jars, I decided I wanted to try this lotion. And when I opened the jar, it just dawned on me to get up um, a, a, a pencil and stir the 
the lotion and um i don't know that thought just came to me and i i did it when i stirred the bottle of lotion i have no idea how his wife got this piece of paper in the bottom of the jar of the lotion maybe she melt the lotion put it in there throw the lotion in there and have it set i i don't know but it was in a a small white plastic bag and there was a note inside the bag so i read the note and the note says that she was asking me to leave her husband alone that she wanted to work out her marriage yes they were getting a divorce but she changed her mind she don't want to lose her family and she's asking me to leave her husband and she will not ask me again and um, I believe she was saying anything happened from there she had warned me I remember calling him and just crying because I'm like what did I get myself into you know and you know Menari you know he was not willing to let me go he said that doesn't care what she has to say he wants a divorce he gave her so many years to to um to fix things he wanted a child she will not give him a child and you know he had filed for her from Jamaica and brought her there and he felt like in return he wasn't getting what he wanted and all this story and so he he did not want to lose me he was always coming to Jamaica very often to spend time with me since we met. So he had came back about two months after that conversation. So I remember um, the night he was there and... One night he was there and um, I was cooking. And when I was in the kitchen, I heard a voice spoke to me and told me to pray um, and at this time I wasn't praying I wasn't I wasn't praying um, I, I, I was far from the Lord very far you know still partying still drinking still doing all of that so I ignored the voice when I was in the shower, I heard the voice again. The thought came to me to pray. And I ignored the thought. When I was in the bed, I was literally dozing off. And I heard the voice again. But this time it was more stern to pray. And I, I said to him, you know, I keep hearing this thought to pray. And he said, well, why don't you pray? So we both got off the bed and got on our knees and we prayed. We went to bed. I'm not sure what time in the morning this happened, but in the early hours of the morning, I had a weird encounter. And um, it was as if my body was sleeping, but my spirit man was awake. I will tell you that this is the first this this had ever happened to me and since I gave my life to the Lord it happened to me more often since I've been saved but at this time it was the first my 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 physical body was sleeping but I was awake I cannot explain it to you so I was able to see in my room even though my body was asleep I know it sounds weird but if you're under the sound of my voice and you have experienced this, you know what I'm saying. I remember just looking around in the room and wanting to turn, wanting to move, but couldn't move, couldn't turn, wanting to speak, but couldn't speak. So I was looking around in the room. I was looking at the fridge because I had my fridge in the room because I didn't want my roommate to use out my stuff without my permission so I was looking at my fridge my dress and all of that then I saw this figure came through the door 
and um, she was just it was like a female figure and she was just gliding and she came over the bed and she was looking over on me on the bed I was looking up on her looking at her completely and then it's as if she transformed into this crazy looking thing and she grabbed me by my throat or it grabbed me by my throat let me not say she but it grabbed me by my throat I could remember wrestling with this thing and again the same thing happened to me when I was experiencing that panic attack when I smoked the weed I felt like my my breath was leaving my body so I was trying to hit my partner on the bed and I could remember throwing my hands across the bed and literally seeing my hands going through his body and I would I could it's so weird I could feel his body but it felt like you know when you're 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 needing um flour or dough you know when you're needing dough right and it have that soft mushy feeling that's how it felt like my hands was just going through a dough and I keep doing that but I couldn't is as if I couldn't like he wasn't he wasn't feeling anything he was just there laying on his side sleeping and I was calling his name and throwing my hands across his his body but it, I, I can't explain it to you and this thing was literally killing me and I, I could feel as if my soul was leaving my body and I, I, I could remember the thought come to me to say um I think I was saying the 23rd Psalms. If not, I probably say the blood of Jesus is against you or 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 Jesus Jesus, but I know I called on the Lord. Whether it was a scripture or the Lord, I some something came to my mind having to do with the Lord and I began to call on the Lord. And I was released. When I was released, I threw my hand again across the bed. And this time my partner felt felt it so i guess this was now my physical body because i i i raised up now off the bed physically and opened my eyes i catch a deep breath and i hit him when i hit him i don't know what happened after that i woke up to being full of cold sweat and my roommate roommate was up her sister was there they were there over me fanning me he was fanning me they were panicking Um I say to them read Psalms I don't remember what Psalms I told them At this time I didn't even know my Bible I don't know any Psalms but maybe it is the Lord not maybe it is the Lord that gave me that Psalms but I I told them like I'd say read Psalms 5 and I pass out again And um when I woke up they were getting ready to rush me to the hospital but you know at this time i had revived and um felt a little bit better they gave me some water and um you know all of that and i was able to come back in my right mind i could remember them asking me what happened what happened what happened and i wanted to tell them and i couldn't i couldn't and um i told them i'll tell them in the morning and um in the morning i i when i woke up and i went to use the bathroom i was bleeding i was bleeding and i was panicking I, it was not time for you know my monthly so i was panicking i remember screaming and calling him and showing him what was happening and he was panicking as well cuz you know he knew that it was not my time for my monthly so then you know i calmed down you know we 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 thought that well maybe maybe i'm just having my cycle twice for the month you know we tried to overlook it or we were wondering what maybe it was what happened last night we didn't know so we tried to 
brush it off a little. So I went to make something to eat for us. And I made ackee and saltfish. And I gave him his meal and we all ate. Gave some to my roommate, we all ate. When I was in the kitchen doing the dishes, I heard him scream and um, panicking, saying that the ackee poisoned him. But I was saying no, because I'm not poisoned. My roommates are not poisoned. And I started to feel, uh, you know, scared because I'm like, I don't want him to think I poison him if we're not having a reaction. Now, this was the first time I noticed something about this man that I never realized before. He had on a silver ring on his finger. I, I, I saw the ring, but I never paid attention to the ring. The ring was in the form of a snake. It, it, it was wrapped around his finger like a snake. But the ring, let me tell you, nobody told me this. This is my life. I saw it. The ring began to change colors. And I know a lot of people don't believe in these things. And a lot of people like to think that it's just, it's just fiction or it's just superstition. But whether you call it superstition or fiction, the facts still remains. And I always like to say to people, whether you believe that ginger is ginger, it is actually ginger. And it is spelled G-I-N-G-E-R. So your belief does not change the facts. I saw this ring change color with my eyes. It was changing from red to, to, to um, green to black. It was just changing colors. And he was, hmm, hallelujah. He was saying that the ring was squeezing his finger and was burning him at the same time. So I told him to take off the ring. He, he said he couldn't take it off. He's not allowed to take off the ring. I was so oblivious and in the, um, naive. I had no clue what he was saying to me. So I was like, just, just wet your finger and take off the ring. He said, you don't understand. I cannot take off this ring. So he went on the phone and he called someone. They had a conversation. When he was finished, he said to me, we are going somewhere. I went with him. I didn't know where I was going. When I was on my way, he began to explain to me the nature of what was happening and where we we're going. So my mouth was to the floor because, so to speak, because, okay, I was not raised knowing anything like this. I don't, I, I don't want to be involved in anything like this. But a part of me was really scared about the encounter I had the night before. And he was saying that the man was saying that I was in danger. So, you know, we went. We went to this place. When I walked in, this man began to According to him, read me up. And he started to tell me all that happened to me the night before, including the bleeding. And um, he told us that, oh my God, the lies the devil tell. Lord, I thank you. The word of God declared that Satan is the father of all lies. So this man began to tell me everything he could think of to scare me, um, including the fact that my partner at the time, soon to be ex-wife, was working witchcraft against me and that she had um, said, said it that I was not conceived for this man. So 
on the night when I went under attack, I actually conceived. And um, this, you know, this, this spirit came and, you know, ended that, that um, pregnancy according to him. And that she will not stop, you know, um, she will not stop. She don't want me to have any baby for him because she knew that was what he really wanted. And she decided that one of us has to go six feet under and it will not be her. So you know me start get afraid and all. And, um, you know, he told me that I, I need, I had to get a ring because without this ring I would not be able to survive this that this was going to happen again and um, I might not make it out alive and all this all this um, all this 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 mess and so he proceeded proceeded to give me a bath Bait me off in some some smelly smelly stuff. I, oh. And you know, he did his rituals and, and so on and so forth. And he gave me a gold ring. And um to be honest, my my podcast listeners, I took the ring because I was really afraid. What I experienced the the, the night before was was not something easy it was it was so real and to hear that it would have happened again i mean i thought that this was my only hope i thought that i had to get this ring and i took the ring and i began to wear the ring but you know our wonderful gracious merciful god he would not allow me to have peace in this ring. The Lord would convict my heart so much about this ring. He hated the fact that I was putting my trust in man for protection. That was, re I could tell that the Lord was really angry about this ring. He would always speak to me to take it off. Take off that ring. Take off that ring. And I tr I tried to block his voice. And I I tried to tell myself it's just my mind. And I forced to wear the ring. So now that this man had revealed to me his dark side or... You know, in his mind, it's not... It's not anything wrong that, that he's involved in because he his religion is um, revivalist. So he's into revivalist religion and um, he doesn't see it as anything wrong. You know, he used the Bible as a way to say this is in the Bible, that is in the Bible, so on and so forth is in the Bible. We know that. We know that witchcraft is not of God. It is not of God. We know that. But, you know, persons tend to like to twist the word of God to soothe their own way they want to live. So, according to him, it wasn't. he didn't see that he was doing anything wrong. In my heart, I know that it was not of God. But again, I was crippled with fear. So I was wearing this ring. So, you know, we were living our life. Everything was fine outside of that. Everything was fine. We were going all over the place, different hotels, different parties, you know, because we would go spend time at different up, up, upscale hotels and, you know, just living that fast life, partying like crazy. I had a roommate with me at the time, like I said, and so 
they had moved out because they had some issue with the landlord and so the landlord rented me the place only so I moved in another friend that I had been with friends with over the years I'd met her um, back then when I was going to school so I moved her you know she was an in-depth smoker so because I was around her my smoking habit increased and um, during the season of my life with this guy, I started to make amends with my grandmother and my dad, you know, because things were was better for me now and I was now so-called happy. So I made, I tried to make amends with them, even though deep down in my heart, I still somewhat resented them. And again, I resented them only because of the way I was viewing things. Not necessarily their fault, um, but I just, it's just my, my, the way I view things from my perspective, right? So I started to try to build that relationship with them somewhat. I started to visit my grandma, you know, and um, talking to her more often now on the phone. And, and my dad and so on and so forth. Um, so this roommate that was living with me, I took her in like a sister. Whenever I would get three of anything, I was always giving her one. Whatever he was buying for me in terms of shoes and outfit, I always say he had to buy one for her. He got so annoyed at one point because he's like, if we're going even on a dinner date, you're taking your friend. And, you know, me being so young and naive, I'm like, anywhere my friends are going, anywhere I'm going, my friends are coming. You know, but because he loved me, he just allowed me to have my way. So um, he brought a TV for me, a flat screen TV. TV, I adjust that kind of flat screen TV. You know, it's only, it was only certain people had those TVs. Um, I hope I don't come off wrong, but... Um, you wouldn't go ever and anywhere and see those kind of TV at the time because it was new, new on the market. So he brought, I had one in my bedroom and he brought another one for the living room. And um, my roommate at the time, when she was living with me, I was paying for food and bills and the only thing she had to pay was her side of the rent. And so she never, she, she didn't have a TV in her room, so she wanted that TV. And I told her she couldn't get it. I didn't know that she started to hate me for that or have me up in her heart for that, but she did. So she began to talk bad about me um, behind my back with a mutual friend. And she even told this mutual friend about the fact that I went to this, you know, this man and how the man gave me a ring and so on and so forth. Um, so when I found out, I told her that I was going to move out because I didn't want that kind of people around me. And she cried. She told me she was sorry. And she begged me not to move because she couldn't stand on her own. I remember how it feels like to not being able to stand on my own. So I stayed. I told her as from now on, you're going to buy your own food, pay your own bills. I, I wash my hands. About a month after I came home one day and she was moving out. She didn't tell me she was moving out. She just moved. The light bill was coming in her name and she got it disconnected. <laughs> And um, to make matters worse, this friend of mine, one night I was home and my partner called me in rage because she called him and told him a bunch of stuff that was not true. Now, some of the things she said was true, but some of them was definitely not true. For example... I would go to parties and not tell him 
because he was not a controlling guy. But, you know, he would always throw a tantrum. You know, those type of persons that would, oh, babe, why are you going out? And I don't want you to dress up like that. You know, and just in a loving way, not in a controlling way. And I didn't want to, like, I didn't want to hurt his, his feelings. So, because this friend that I was living with, she was, she knew every party. She was, she knew the street like her hand nickel. I didn't know anywhere because, again, I was still a country girl and my ex, I couldn't go anywhere without him. So, I didn't really know anywhere to find places on my own. She knew where every parties were. So, I was always going to these parties with her. And because it was so often, like, out of the week, we're going out. Because I'd stopped work at the club at this time. Because my partner didn't want me to work at a club. So, he told me, you know... The money that you can make from the club, I'll give it to you a month time. Plus pay your bills so you don't have to do this. You're better than this. So I wasn't working at the time. So I had a lot of free times on my hand. Free time on my hands. And she was going to she wanted to go to a party Monday night. So you have uptown Mondays. You have one Wednesdays, one Wednesday something. You have one Friday something. You have one Sunday something. And you have one Saturday. And it's just she always wanted to go to these parties. And I can remember, I wanted to go with her too, you know? But I, I never told my partner at the time. Also, there was a time when I followed her to Montego Bay to a party. And um, when I was down there, because we had spent the weekend down there, the iPod that he gave me, he must have tracked the location because he called me and he said, where are you? And I said, I'm home. Uh, and he said, um, but your iPod said that you're in Montego Bay. And I was so shocked. I was like, oh, no, you know, I lent my friend my iPod so she have it in Montego Bay. So he had believed. But she told him all of that, right? Including about the iPod incident. Um, and because I remember going to her and telling her, you know, I felt bad that, you know, I was telling him that and all of that. And she's like, girl... You know, you just you just partying like what's the big deal? So she told him all of that. Plus, she was telling him some other stuff. A lot of them I can't remember, and um, it just broke on everything for for us. Um, there was no way I could have convinced him that the stuff that she said wasn't true because she and I was we were like Phoenix and Ferb. If you watch cartoon, you know what I'm talking about. We were so close. So we were literally going out and doing everything together. In fact, when I get my first tattoo, it was with her. She went to get a tattoo and I accompanied her. And that was when I got my first tattoo. Now I shared in one of the episode, um, I think it was life as a teen, that my grandma had beat me for something I didn't do when I was younger and it had left some scars on my leg. And I have something called keloid skin. So whenever I get scars, I can't get scars because when I do, they leave big marks. Even if it's a tiny scar, it leave a big mark. So I was very conscious of this scar that was behind my leg. And um, I got the tattoo to cover it up. One tattoo turned into two tattoo. Two tattoo turn into three tattoo and the list goes on. At this time, I was also piercing myself, piercing my body a lot, you know, because of her, because not because of her. Let me not blame her because she didn't force me, but I had that influence around me. So, you know, anything she was doing, I'm doing it and vice versa. So I pierced my ears around what one, two, three, four other times. And um, I could remember when I was going to pierce my ears. It's like the Lord was talking to me to not do that again. And I didn't listen and I pierced it. And Akam came on my ears. Everywhere I pierced, they came up. So I had to take them out. But I pierced my tongue. You know, I pierced my navel. I was getting tattoo all over. I was smoking. I was drinking. I was going partying because that was the influence that was around me, you know. I was living a very fast life and um, especially when he was away because that was my freedom to just go all over the place with this friend 
So when, when, when she had reached out to him, I don't know how she got his number. Can I tell you that? Because she, he had no idea how she got his number because they never exchanged number. So I guess she took his number out of my phone and she had it in her phone and I didn't know. So because of that, we broke up. He stopped sending me money and he stopped taking care of me. He stopped paying. He didn't really want to pay the bills. So I was just, everything was just crumbling all the way back to the ground. I really tried to work it out, but he, he was just stuck in what she had told him and it caused him to develop resentment towards me. So it didn't matter what I say. It was just what she said because, oh, she's your friend and she know you more than I do and birds of a feather flock together. So I realized I couldn't win him from that and I decide, okay, I'm going to let this go. So when I started to give up, that was when he wanted to come around and work things out. But I'd already given up because we were just fighting all the time about it and I was just over it. So I told him that I, I did not want to work things out. I felt like you would have seen this person around me. You have told me also that this person is jealous over how you were treating me. You would have heard me talked about certain things that she had told a friend about me. So you know this person was not my friend. And um, you chose to believe her over me. And for me, one of the worst things you can do is choose to believe somebody else over me, especially if we're dating. Like if someone come to you and tell you something about me and you choose to believe them. Because I realize that you have people, especially some persons that are, that are not around you. They don't know your life. They might hear things about you. They don't know if it's true. And they talk about it and they act as if they know you more than you know yourself. Like sometimes I heard things that people say about me that I have to wonder if these people know me more than I do because I didn't even know that I, I, I did that, you know? And so because she told him so many things, I thought to myself, you knew me better than that. And I did admit to him about the party and I did admit to him about the iPod incident. Whatever she said that was true, I told him the truth. But, hey, I, I don't know. He, he chose to believe her. So when, when I had broken up and broke it off, he wanted to work things out and I didn't want to go back to him. So I remember getting a job. Um, I don't remember what kind of work I was doing at this time, but I had a job. And um, I was not able to take care of myself again, so I really didn't need him. And he was still trying to work things out. And I wouldn't go back to him. I'd moved in my uncle. He's a, the same one I talked about, the biscuit, the, the um, biscuit incident in Life as a Child episode. So he's two years apart from me. So we're very close, like brothers and sisters. So he had came to spend some time with me at my house. And I remember one night I came off the taxi. And... My mind left me. I was literally blank. I didn't know where I was. And I remember just crying. And um, by the time my mind came back to me, I saw this man carrying me. A man was carrying me to my house. And he was saying, this is where you live. This is where you live. And um, my uncle opened the grill and said, what's wrong? And I told him that I feel like my mind is going because it's like my mind just left me and I didn't know where I was. And then it started happening again. And so he grabbed me on my head and I think I, I, he had olive oil there. I don't remember, but he laid hands on my head and he prayed for me. He is a backslider, by the way. At the time, he still was a backslider. But he put on a piece of prayer for me that night. And I know heaven heard him. And so my mind was restored that night. I could remember just crying. 
because I couldn't believe that was that was happening to me. And at this time, I was still wearing a ring. Fast forward to breaking up with this guy for a couple months. Good. I now moved out of that two-bedroom house because I couldn't afford it anymore to pay that expense. And I moved into a, a smaller area, um, a smaller house, a one-bedroom house. Now, I had savings. I had, I, I had learned my lesson from my previous relationship, so I was saving. But I thought, why should I waste so much money to pay this big rent? You know, I mean, it would have helped me save a few dollars if I downgrade the living. So I did that. And I got another job. And this time I was working at a security company as an emergency operator. Um, and that was a very good job because it's, when I went for that interview, around 20 of us was competing for three available vacancy. They wanted, um, I think, three emergency operator they wanted um, because they were no promoting the emergency operator that they had there, right? So um, I was so fortunate to be amongst the top three. So I was picked along with two men. So I got that job and it was a good paying job at the time. And um, I took it and I started working at the security company. And um, I was working at the security company. I just started working there. Um, I remember the Lord keep convicting me about this ring. And I remember one day I, I couldn't take the conviction anymore. So I lift up my hands in the sky and I said, Lord, I mean... Even though I don't really know you like that. This man said if I take this ring off, this was going to happen to me. But, you know, I just keep hearing your voice telling me to take it off. And I can't, I can't bear it anymore. And I held it up and I said, I'm taking it off. And if you cannot protect me, no one else can. And I threw it in the bin. And I never look back on that ring. And here I am today. That is why I laugh. And I said, the lies the devil tell. So I took off that ring. But um, I was experiencing some nightmares. I mean, ever since I had that ring, I was experiencing some really, really terrible nightmare. I remember one night I had a dream that I was standing at the dresser and I was brushing my hair and my brush fell. And when I bent down to take it up, a big serpent, a big snake just sprang out on me from under the dresser. You know, um, you know, it was just, it was just, <clears throat> it was just so many nightmares. I can't even... I can't even begin to talk about them. I remember another nightmare I had. I was in this dark, it looks like a furnace, but I wasn't feeling any heat or anything. But I was seeing, I could see the smoke and the atmosphere look like I was in a furnace. And um, this big, looking thing it was so huge i was like a little animal to this big thing over me it was chasing me down and trying to step on me like i was running all over the place and this big idiot looking thing was trying to, to to step on me and i was screaming like crazy i woke up shaking you know so i was having these nightmares i was having these nightmares and even after I take off the ring, I was having these nightmares. And um, this nightmare I was having in particular, I keep 
dreaming at the time this this tall looking figure it looked like a, a man but very tall and very very tall but it was just it was just darkness like it wasn't like a physical being it was it, it was just darkness like the figure was darkness but it was in the shape of a man and every time i would dream see the same man or the same figure he was one step closer to me so i would dream and i see him the first time and he walked he just walked past me so fast as soon as i would like i would go to my bed and i dream see him like i'm somewhere and he just walked past and my heart would just skip a beat like like terror and I, my eyes would just open i would go to bed and i would see him and he would walk past me but closer and um the the, the last time i dreamed that man the last time i believe i dreamed that man was the same year when the lord gave me the final call i believe the same year when the lord gave me the final call I I saw that man and when I saw him this time is as if I was on the bed I was on the bed sleeping but it's like he came over me and was staring in my face like when I when I opened my eyes I saw him and then it's like he just disappeared he just disappeared and I was just rubbing my eye just looking around the room because I know I just saw the same man looking over on me I couldn't see in his eyes or anything just this dark figure in the form of a man looking over on me or just face to face with me then and um i i knew something was wrong and that i needed to be delivered from something having to do with this ring we broke up and my life went downhill um not financially because i was saving i mean i'd learned from my previous relationship not to waste money so i was now saving like crazy and um i could afford to pay the rent where i was living but i i i thought that it it didn't make sense to waste all that money to afford that place why not downgrade so i went to move into a one bedroom house and um you know i had a job um you know in fact this job it was 20 of us that were applying for the position for three position that was available and thank the lord i was amongst the top 3 um and so i started to work at this place as you know as an emergency operator at the time um but emotionally i was i was not okay i was not okay i was not okay um and even though i try to build a relationship with my grandparent and my dad I still needed my mom and at the same time I didn't forgive my dad and my grandma so even though I was talking to them I mean whenever I could and I didn't have that bond with them you know because again I can't explain to you when you go through sexual abuse verbal abuse and physical abuse it it does something to you emotionally um it does something to your soul and um even when 
you try to make things right, if you don't come to that place of accepting what happened to you and forgiving whoever you thought did you wrong, then you're just going to suffer. And I did suffer for, for a very long time emotionally. And so I was not okay. The guy that I I thought would have changed that, he was not. He, he was not that he was not that guy. And um You know, God knows best, I tell you. God knows best. And I'm going to end this end this podcast today by saying that I love God to do what He's doing in your life, even when it doesn't make sense to you. And whenever people are walking out of your life, if they want to go, let them. It is a reason why God is leading them out of your life. I have said this before that oftentimes it's not necessarily that they, you know, it's not necessarily anything about them. It's just where God is taking you. Because the truth be told, we are all sinners. And we all fall short of the glory of God. None of us is perfect. So we all have imperfection. Even me, myself, you know, I've shared a few, you know, um, about just the type of lifestyle that I was living. You know, um, so a lot of times it's not necessarily anything about them. It's just where God is leading you. It's just a different path. And... If they want to go and they're choosing to go, then let them because they just can't go with you to that um, path in which you are now about to take or that season that you're about to enter into your life. And so um, I went back to square one, I guess, emotionally. I was lonely. And um, there's something about every time when I try to build and to establish something and it fall apart, it always caused me to revisit that place of when I was a childhood. It's as if once I start going through something where I feel as though I have crumbled to the ground, I guess then all that thoughts of rejection and um, not feeling loved, not feeling wanted would just flood my mind. And um, yeah, I was back at square one again. I was back at square one.